I always tell them to wholesale first. They, most it. of them walk away and they say, well, that's not what I want to do. But I'm telling you, fixing and flipping can be a money pit. It can be Pandora's box. When you learn to wholesale, you learn to know what people buy, where people buy, what people buy at, and the numbers they buy them at. The reason why I became so great at fix and flips because I learned negotiating from wholesale. I knew what areas they bought in. I knew how much they wanted to spend. I even knew because I could go to the registers often and see how much money they brought them at or borrowed to get them. And then mm -hmm. I watched how much they sold them for. So I will always tell people at least wholesale your first 10 before you touch your first fix and flip. I love it. I love it. Great advice. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast from Memphis, Tennessee, Jerry Harris. How are you, Jerry? I'm doing great, Brent. How are you? I'm excited. I'm excited about this conversation because you have just been going absolutely bananas for the last 36 months. I mean, we're talking over 100 deals with a combination of flips and wholesale. So I really want to get into this because you've got a really unique strategy that not a lot of people are talking about, and that's selling these deals to turnkey rental portfolios, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Before we get into that, let's find out who you are, Jerry. Like, what's your background? What were you doing before you discovered the incredible world of wholesaling real estate? Well, I owned a car dealership for 10 okay. years, buy here, pay here. Yeah, I did that for 10 years and decided to get out of that in 18, sold the business, went to do AT&T for about eight months, 10 months, and sales because I love sales so much, and then became an acquisitions manager for a company called National Home Buyers. Oh, got it. So you went from car lot, AT&T, sales, sales, and then more sales as an acquisition manager. Did you know, right. I mean, what was that pull? What was pulling you towards real estate? You know what I mean? You can make a fortune in cars. You can make a right. fortune in phones, but you can make a fortune in real estate. Why real estate? Why did it stick? Why well, did you? I always wanted here? to do real estate. I always was interested in real estate. I had a couple of rental properties at that time, six, and I just wanted to get deeper into it. And I really, one day I was watching one of those fix and flip shows. I can't remember which one. And I said, told my wife, I said, that's interesting. I got to try it. And she laughed and she's like, okay, yeah, okay. That'd be fine. So I was on Indeed and saw acquisitions manager for, you know, a company. And I thought it would just be a great experience for me to learn about the real estate ins and out of the market, how Tennessee, even though I'm from Memphis, how the market worked and things like that. And that's when I went to work for National Home Buyers and it was just uphill from there. And how did it go? I mean, were you just naturally like a fish and water? I was naturally good at it. I'm naturally good at selling, naturally good at talking, naturally good at negotiating. So that was one of those type of things that just came perfect to me. One of those, I guess, because having parents that's attorneys, it comes good with knowing how to negotiate things. So one of those things where I just came out the woodwork and I just went to, you know, negotiate. I think the first week I closed like five deals, you know, got them to the sign, got them to the table, everything. So I learned everything about negotiating. I learned cloudy title. I learned how to deal with them. I learned quiet title process when the titles are cloudy, how to go by relinquishing the, the errors that's on time. I mean, I learned so much 
from the company in the seven months I was there before I started doing it by myself. Got it. Okay. So talk to me. What do you think makes a good person at sales? Like, what is it? Is it the questions you ask? Is it the way that you respond? Is it overcoming objections? Like there's a lot of people that are going to be watching and listening to this that are like, yeah, I'm okay at sales, or maybe I've never done sales before. Like how can people get better at it? And what do you think is the key to being really good at communicating with leads? Being good at sales is a difficult thing. And I always tell people when people come to me for advice, everybody's not going to be good at sales. I'm just a naturally good speaking person, understanding problems, understanding how to fix issues. Everybody's not that good. So what I tell people is always try to, it's like a pulse. Find the person that's good at what you're not and make them the person that you need them to be. It's great people out here that naturally good salespeople. And the best ones I've seen came from car lights because we don't know how to take no fun else. And if it doesn't work on that end, we're going to find one way or another to get that deal to work. Well, and I think that's the mentality, right, Jerry? The mentality right. is there is a way to do this. There's a way to work together. There is a solution here. And I'm going to exhaust all the different options to see Correct. how we can work together, right? Right. I mean, it's Correct. not, and when you say not taking no for an answer, it's not, you know, like you can convince anybody. It's like seeing what really is happening. Like, why right. are they responding this way? Why are they putting up, you know, their walls or their force field around them? Why aren't they letting me know a little bit more? And I really think, and I could just tell just talking to you right now, it's your tone of voice. It's the way that you communicate. You've got that energy, right. you got that certainty, you got that likability, right? I mean, right. how powerful right. is that? It's great. It's always great in any business that you're doing where you are the main focus point. I tell people in real estate, it doesn't matter whether you're fixing, flipping, or wholesaling. You got to have the focal point of the focus or to be able to control the situation. The person that controls the situation usually comes out on the better end of the deal. If you can control the situation without being aggressive, then you usually have a great outcome on the back end of the deal. Yeah. And that's the skill, right? That's the art of right. it is to do it without too much pressure, without too much friction. You start causing friction in a conversation, all of a sudden they're gone, right? They're closed off. Right. But if you constantly are good and you're asking great questions and what you're saying is controlling it, but really controlling it is asking great questions and letting them talk. You know what right. I mean? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Phenomenal. Exactly. So did you always start like, were you the kid in like fifth grade that would ever shut up? You know what I mean? Were you the kid that like was <laughs> pretty much, friend and, you know, talks yeah, pretty much. I was a kid that always got the grades for talking, you know, during the times I wasn't supposed to be talking, you know, but it was just me. I guess it's just natural. People ask me all the time, you know, how did I do so well? Because I've only been in the business three years. And like mm -hmm. I say, 76 wholesale deals in the last 37 months now and 45 completed and recorded and sold to turnkey investor fix and flips, which is it's pretty amazing for a one man show, which I'm only one person. Plus, I have acquisitions and all those type of people, but most of them are virtual. They're not in office with me. So let's talk about that, Jerry. Talk about your structure. Talk about how your organization is built. Okay. Well, my structure is one acquisitions person, two disposition people, and I have tons of cold callers. I think we got about eight now. We started out with four. We got eight now. So we run through a lot of calls. We use the Mojo system, which a lot of people are not fans of. I use a single line dialer because I've learned if you use three lines, you burn through a lot of you know numbers quicker than you should, a lot of data. So For we sure. use a single line dialer. We pull lists from things like probate, tax sale, the voice, anything that shows distress or you may have a problem that I can solve. 
Sure. You know, you can go to the courthouse and find people that's getting sued for medical bills. And it's just tons and tons of ways. There's no actual science to that. It's just finding what works for you. So let me ask you, Jerry, is there a resource that you use for that? Are you going down directly to the county and getting some of this information? Like everybody listening and watching is like, great, Jerry, we understand the list, but where do you get them? You know what I'm saying? Well, most of our stuff is public knowledge. The tax sales list you can pull offline. Shelby County Registrar's Office. You can go to the line and pull it off. Now, a lot of the other lists we pull from batch leads and things like that, like divorces, probates, which you can actually, by me having attorneys in my family, the probates is pretty easy for me to get. So I don't sure. have a problem with the probate. But things like, you know, you have a lot of like people that's elderly that's in nursing homes that here you have to have a 10-year release form to be able to sell a property. You can find a lot of great deals of people that's in nursing homes that just can't afford to take care of their homes or need to sell them as soon as possible. And so what, that's been another what, what was that documentary that you talked about that you need uh, for them to sell their homes? It's not necessarily a document. You have to go through Tinker. And Tinker have to give you a clearance form to sell the property if you're in a nursing home in the state. Tinker, of you said? Tinker. Tinker. It's an insurance. Oh, you care. Uh, Got it. Okay. Yeah. So they have to release that. But you can also get the information of every property that they acquire that they hold to that list. The same way you have to send in this document, Tinker say it's okay to sell this property, no funds are owed to us. And it's a way you get that list as well to be able to get those properties as well, too. Is that public record? That is public record. A lot of people oh, awesome. don't know, but it is public record. Isn't it incredible, Jerry? I mean, so much yeah. is public record out there. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the whole, like everything set up for us to succeed. You know what I right. mean? It it's is. like they understand that people in distress need some help. And they're like, here's the list. We're going to make it public knowledge when people are in pre-foreclosure and probate and inherited. And, you know, people that are in these assisted living. Correct. I mean, they're like, it's right there. I think it's absolutely incredible. It's just our job to go out there and have those quality conversations with them and see if they're ready to sell those properties. So you said you have one acquisition manager, but two disposition managers. Talk to me about right. that. I know that's a little bit backwards people would say is, but the acquisitions manager that I have, she's awesome. When I say she's awesome, she's awesome. We have been cranking in deals like crazy here. I think we're doing last month, we brought in like 30. We kept like six. We outsourced the other 24 through hedge fund company that we deal with here and another just big buyer that we have here that usually buys about four to 500 homes here in the city of Memphis. So they usually source them out through them and they're not in office. So, you know, most people say that's kind of strange, but I just seen it work better that way. Where do they live? <laughs> the Philippines. They do. Yeah. And how'd you find them? Actually, a good friend of mine, Nate, has a... I guess you would call that a like a service that has VAs, and okay. I got them from him. Nate O'Brien? Yeah, Nate O'Brien. That's right. TTP alumni. Yeah, Nate is yeah. just absolutely crushing it. What's the name of his company? We'll give him a shout out. Hitman Homes. What is it? Hitman Homes. Hitman Homes? Yes. Like a hitman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. great. Hitman Homes. Check it out there. So you got your VAs there. You've got eight callers and they're sending all the leads to one acquisition manager. She's going like full oh, yeah. steam she's ahead all day long, right. pre-qualifying. Is she locking up the deals? Actually, believe it or not, she's locking up a lot of them. I step in and I lock up. This last month was crazy for me because I stepped in a lot just so I wouldn't feel like I'm losing my touch. You know, they right. say if you don't use it, you lose it. So got, I locked yeah, up don't quite get Last month. I think I locked up eight, which last month, but usually she locks up most of them. Yeah. I love it. And, and then two disposition managers. Right. 
Uh, and they just sending them out, getting them where they got to be. Most of the time, they do most of the coordinating. They do all the coordinating back and forth with the title companies because we don't always use the same title. Okay. So I've found since they do that, it's better to have two and one to come very acquainted with who they deal with and the other instead of trying to put all of them on one person because one of them deals with one title company. They know who they deal with, how they operate, and what they can get away with and what they can't. The other one do, and when the deals come in, they decide who. The trick of the deal, because it's some title companies just say they're just conservative. They're only yep. going to do straight by the book. Not that it's curved. It's just they're not going to do anything itch. And then I got one title company will literally go out to the person and get the paperwork signed with the notary and everything. So between those two, they have to decide which street they need to go on. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you what, like having a incredible title company on your team that's going right. to go above and beyond, it saves you so much hassle. It is so critical. Right. It is absolutely it is. critical. And listen, if you don't have that, if you're listening to this or watching this and you don't have it, keep finding, keep asking people, keep, you know, connecting and networking with people and seeing who has the most proactive and the people that are just obsessed with their jobs. There are some escrow officers and title companies that are just obsessed with making sure that they provide the absolute best service because they constantly, these people have to be busy all the time and they love the action. So make sure that that is a key, key person in your company. And and you don't pay them anything, right? These are people that are getting paid by the title company and by the transactions. But if you're wholesaling, you're obviously paying them if you're fix and flip. So let's talk about that. Let's transition to that. So you're in Memphis. Are these Correct. properties and you're selling to turnkey rental portfolio companies? Tell everybody what that is. What a turnkey a rental turnkey company. We have a company here. It's called Turnkey Invest. It's owned by a guy named James Wakeup. I'm gonna send him a shout out. James is a great guy. He sells to out-of-town investors that normally Memphis is a 90% rental market. But we have homes here that you normally couldn't find in California and places that are reasonable. The average right. home here in a decent area runs you about 75 to 80K. In California, you couldn't get a garage at 80K. We both you couldn't get a parking spot for 80K. <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of out-of-state investors from New York, Israel, Japan, California, Arizona, and they all shop with him. He used one preferred lender. He's never dropped a ball on me out of 28 of the houses that he actually sold for me. He's never dropped a ball. They have one preferred lender. He goes in, he does a due diligence. He has a vault. He used rental meter to give them the projected rents, the cap, amortization rate, all of that stuff is always into the due diligence vault that he gives his customers. And we sell them to what we call out-of-state investors that's looking for investment property. So they long as the cap rate, the numbers, and they do do an inspection and the property usually closed within 30 or 45 days after you buy it. Right. And typically, I, I mean, are you doing the whole thing, Jerry, where you're taking these properties that are pretty beat up, you're fixing them up, you're getting them to the point where they're rent ready and actually getting the renters in there? Or are you selling these vacant? No, his company does that. It's a two-party thing. He owns a managing company that actually puts a tenant in it. And sometimes they put the tenant in it before the property is sold. In that case, I retain the rent until the property is sold to the new owner. So let's say if I fix this property, if I get a beat up property, it takes me 30 days to rehab it. And it takes him 60 days to sell it. Well, while the tenant is paying rent for that 30 days, that actually comes to me. And instead of the buy until it's actually transaction and sold to the new buyer. So he puts the tenant in for me. He charges me a flat rate, not a realtor's fee, of $5,000 to sell each in the property. Yep. And we have a great relationship. 
So, Jerry, wait a second. You're telling me that you're flipping these old Memphis properties that need a lot of love in 30 days? Yep, 30, 45 days. You got to have the most amazing crews of all time. Yeah, we got a great crew. They're not as bad as most people say, but they are bad properties. If you follow my IG page, you will see I have went through and knocked walls down. I've seen them. Yeah. But, yeah, the things are with Memphis, we don't have a lot of cold issues like where you have to get a permit to do this and it takes 90 days for sure. the code office to come out and approve the permit so we don't have a lot of those issues here in memphis. yeah but a lot of memphis was built what in the early 1900s mid 1900s right 19 yeah but i usually don't do anything other than 1950 and up i just don't go back to anything 19 that's great that's yeah. great yeah is there a kind of that's your bread and butter like the 1950s and above and within a certain price range yeah, 1953 bedroom, one bath. Most investors like homes that are easy to turn once a tenant moves out. Sure. So they want to stay between 900 to 1100 square feet. Okay. Three twos or three ones. You can get some two ones or two twos. In some areas, they're top renters. In some areas, they're bad renters because it's some areas where there's heavy family, like if you got three to four kids, obviously a two one would help you. But yes, that is right. And so, but you also do wholesale. Right. Yeah, because so I don't how keep do you... all the deals. We do send deals out that we don't keep. And some deals that just don't work for me. Or that they're in an area that is a little bit too higher for my buying margin. You know, I might get a house that's three fifty, you know, three hundred and fifty thousand. Of course I'm not gonna you know, put that on a turnkey if it wouldn't work here in Memphis like that. So right. that would be one to I sell to a partner that's either going to go in, renovate it, and make it a home purchase person that's looking to purchase a home and live in. So we Love will it. wholesale most of those deals. Yeah, let me ask you about that, Jerry. So when you're in typically around the country, we earn about 10% on wholesale deals, right? If it's 350,000, we make 35. If it's 80,000, we make eight. Is that pretty similar in your market or is it different? I have no yeah. idea. I'm I'm curious. Yeah, it's, it's different. Our wholesale deals in Memphis are not that high. I, okay. I hear some people making 100,000, 150,000. It's usually between 2,500 to 25,000. Okay. My last one was twenty five thousand. I like so that it, one. It's usually in that that range, anywhere from twenty five hundred, five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand, because the homes are a lot smaller and the prices are not. You know, you might be selling a wholesale deal at fifty thousand dollars. Right. You know what I'm and trying to say. So, what about your flips? You're gonna be, my flips will range anywhere from twenty five thousand to seventy seven thousand. My most difficult one was seventy seven thousand. So that's why you're doing flips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just love going in, knocking walls out and seeing stuff. Guys, I mean, it's just beautiful turning things that you could turn into what you turn them into with moving walls and a couple of coats of paint and new windows and new flooring and new bathrooms. And I mean, you got a beautiful, beautiful project after you finish. Well, and there's a lot of pride there, right? You could drive by yeah. those houses for the next, right. you know, 20 years and be like, you know, look at what I did to improve the community. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I mean, that's wildly rewarding. I stay away from it because I'm just like, you know, super focused on finding the deals. But we wouldn't have cash buyers if there wasn't people like you, Jerry, that are looking for these opportunities to go in there and really put the work in and build the crews and do something special with these properties. So, you know, I think it's both sides. I highly suggest for anybody listening and watching that for the first 12 months, stay focused on ugly houses, big checks, right? Just assigning them that you can get some income coming in so that you've got a nice, 
you know, a nice, healthy, heavy bank account to be able to, to get into flips if you decide yeah. you want to do that. But the first start, start with building the system like Jerry did of finding these deals, build a machine that's finding these deals, right? right. Which right. You, definitely, you definitely want everybody that comes to me to ask me to mentor them on fixing flip. I always tell them the wholesale first. They, most it. of them walk away and they say, well, that's not what I want to do. But I'm telling you, fixing and flipping can be a money pit. It can be Pandora's box. Yep. You can open. This is why I say wholesale first. When you learn to wholesale, you learn to know what people buy, where people buy, what people buy at, and the numbers they buy them at. The reason why I became so great at fixing and flips because I learned negotiating from wholesale. I had probably 45, maybe 50 deals under my belt before I even touched my first fix and flip. I knew what areas they bought in. I knew how much they wanted to spend. I even knew because I could go to the registers often and see how much money they brought them in or borrowed to get them. And then mm -hmm. I watched how much they sold them for. So I will always tell people at least wholesale your first 10 before you touch your first fix. I love it. I love it. Great advice. Absolutely incredible advice. So Jerry, let's break down a deal. Let's do this thing. Let's get everybody excited. I want to know what the deal was, how you found it. What was the negotiating like? What was the condition? I want to deep dive whatever deal you want to break down. I don't know if it's the $77,000 one, $25,000 one, whichever one you want to break down. I'm excited to listen. Okay, we're going to break the 77 down. Guys, this was a nightmare deal. This is one reason why I tell you to wholesale first. This deal was picked up at $20,000. All right, don't give us the, uh, well, I guess we already know what you made. But uh, yeah. yeah, okay. How'd you find it, first of all, Jerry? Wholesaler. Wholesaler sold it. Wholesaler to a contractor that couldn't get funding. They came to me for the funding. Yep. So I secured the deal. Strange thing, the contractor didn't work out, of course, after us bickering and me losing up on the front end 15 grand on this, trusting him, writing him checks because I, he came from somebody trustworthy. Your contractor. And anyway, yeah, my contractor beat me out of 15 grand. Another reason why you want a wholesale first. This is a long story. Anyway, this house turned out to be a complete nightmare. So we got into it, borrowed 50 all together saying, okay, we can get this done for 30000 I know I can't. New windows, new floors. I'm going to knock some walls out and all this. Well, when I got in there, the contractors kept talking me into keeping the back half of the house, which was an addition with low ceilings. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. All the beams up under the house was rotten. So we had to go through and repair all the beams. Well, he hired a company that wasn't certified right, so the beams were leaning. So we had to go back in, turn them out, and re-repair them. And then after we got all the work done, now five months later, never been in a fix and flip longer than 45 days. Five months later, we found out the title, the title was clouded. It was five extra errors on there. So we ended up having to sue them. This house took me a whole year and four months to sell. Mm -hmm. Thank God that I had great people in my corner. I want to send shots out to my people at the title company that helped me out. We closed the house. On conditions, they hold all funds in escrow until the quiet title process was complete. They held 78000 and some odd dollars of work for my funds in escrow for close to a year. We closed on the house. to set, The process was just horrible, guys. It was just a horrible process. But if I really needed that money, I couldn't touch that money until that quiet title process, which means I had to sue each individual separately that were on title to their house or even an error to their property. And that process was crazy because they was from California, 
Kansas City, Atlanta. I mean, they would just spread it all out around the place. So I individually had to sue each one of them. And Jerry, so that, when you yeah. bought it, did it not go through a title company? Was it not showing it up that they... <laughs> It did. They messed up. They closed it. They missed. The title work said that the other three sisters and brothers had signed off on the property and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Right. But legally, they couldn't do that. They would have had to go through a system where they waived their rights. They just signed off saying, we don't want to have anything to do with it. Where in Tennessee, that goes to the next, you don't want to have anything, but that goes to your kid. And I didn't even know that until we got into the process. So good thing the title company did step in. And I mean, the closer, the attorney firm did step in. They paid for all the proceeds. They even gave me the $1,000 a month until the, you know, they just gave me $1,000 a month until the property was closed. But I was able to recoup my $15,000 I lost on the back end because all the stuff that I went through, they just went on in because they didn't want to file a claim. They didn't want to file a claim against their title insurance. So they wanted to straighten the issue out. So I end up. I bet not they did. Anything. I bet they yeah. did. They yeah, messed I end up, up not losing anything. Yep. Yeah, but they really messed up. And these are what, some of the things that you will run into. You won't run into them on a wholesale deal because you know the title never transfers in your name. You're just you know selling your equity in yep. the property through contract. But in fix and flips, guys, you can run into all type of problems because people are human. Yep. And you could be stuck with that property and you could have to pay the note on that property every month until you do. And if you're using hard money, that's a whole nother, which we were using on that property. That's a whole nother ball game because you have to refinance out every six months. You have to pay points. You have to pay mm-hmm. and you end up in. I've seen a lot of people that put them out of these. They first host. I mean, they first fix and flip deal. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so what'd you buy it for? What'd you sell it for? We're going to ring this victory bell. We brought it for 20. We sold it for 141. We brought it for 20. We put 30 in it. We sold it for 141. I was in it all together around $55,000 and I sold it for 141. And netted? It was 78000 after everything was said and done. $78,000. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. How'd that feel? It felt great. It was Is that the biggest I'm check you've ever gotten? You guys, that was the biggest check in one single. Right now, yeah. they're doing about 156000 a month. But that was the biggest single check that I ever received at one time. Yet. How'd that feel? It felt great. It really did. I think I was more excited just to get the property off of my hands than I was about the check, to be honest. That's yeah, it. The property was gone, yeah. That's it. Yeah, because now it's, a, you know, it's really interesting. You really have to protect where you put your attention. And if your attention's yeah. constantly on these nagging long deals then it like slows you down for the rest of it now it doesn't sound like it slowed you down because you had your team built but absolutely incredible $78,000 it took a lot longer than you expected but I'm telling you once when you get this is for every person that I've ever talked to you get a check for over $50,000 and you've never had a check one single check for over $50,000 it breaks your brain forever then all of a sudden you're like I'm looking for that six-figure deal right then the bigger and bigger and bigger and you just start thinking bigger then all of a sudden you become somebody that is really powerful in this industry and it starts with finding those big massive deals so i'm so happy for you jerry i mean i'm not happy about the process but i'm happy about (laughs) the end result so that's absolutely incredible so awesome well position manager working at AT at&t working you know selling cars to getting into this business and being successful what do they have to do 
first you have to have a mindset that you want to do this. Guys, this is nowhere near easy. I know we might talk, Brent might talk and, and re-talk, you know, that it's easy. It's a thing. You need to first find your mentor that actually yep. does this. I found that to be the biggest thing. A lot of people go get people that maybe have done one, two deals. You need to do your research. You need to find somebody who does this for a living. You need to find a person who has a great course or a mentorship is willing to mentor you through this program. And you need to learn your systems. You got to have a system in place to be able to catch mistakes, have things there to protect you while you're going along. And then from that point on, it's it's pretty much simple. Once you get your first deal done, it's uphill. I love it. Yeah. My mentor who started Wholesaling Inc., Tom Kroll, always said three things, right? You need to believe in your mentor and the person that you're following. You need to believe in the process and the system that they put in front of you. And you got to believe in yourself. You know you what I mean? And usually yeah. that third one's the toughest one because you haven't right. proven it. You're, you work off of faith when you start in this business. And until you get that first deal and cross that bridge from faith to fact, you know, you just, you're really in your head and you're hoping and you're pushing and you're building off faith that you can get a deal closed and you can pull, you know, income out of thin air by just picking up the phone and calling on properties that are run down and in distress. And then all of a sudden it works. Yeah, then all of a sudden does. it works and then your life gets changed and you're on an incredible, you're building an incredible business. So what is the big goal? Jerry, let's think big here. What is the big goal? Are you thinking development? Are you thinking you're going to be a bank? Are you thinking you're going to own a bunch of properties, a bunch of doors, a bunch of multifamily commercial? Like this is just the tip of the iceberg for you. So what's the right. big goal? Well, right now I'm doing two new constructions. We actually complete one. We did two new deals. So I've got my experience in that. But I had just told my partner we just left that my goal is no more fixing flipping. I'm doing straight buy and hold. So I'm going to hold everything now that I fix up instead of, you know, selling it off to turnkey investors. I'm just going to hold it myself. So my goal is to try to do 40 doors in the next 36 months. I love it. 40 doors, developing, doing some incredible things all in Memphis. You want to stay there? All in Memphis. Yeah. I know I it. it's it. my backyard. I feel comfortable here. I know everybody and I can pretty much push through. And I got a great support team here too. Well, and you're doing incredible things for the community. So, I mean, right. yeah, absolutely. I love it, Jerry. I love that. So how can people get a hold of you? People want to reach out. People want to connect with you. Maybe they're in Memphis. Maybe they, you know, hope to meet you someday or just do some deals with you, JV with you. How do they get a hold of you? My IG is CEO underscore Jerry Harris. My Facebook is CEO Jerry Harris. And Twitter is CEO Jerry Harris one. And you guys just reach out to me and, you know, JV deals. I do JV deals. We have a great support. If you get anything in Memphis, I am a cash buyer and I would love to work with anybody that, you know, sends me a deal. Love it. Jerry, thank you so much for being on here. What an thank incredible you, story. And I mean, I think I calculated 121 deals in 37 months, $156,000 a month closing consistently wow. now. Absolutely wow. incredible. So thank, thank you. you. So thank much. you for being on here and sharing your story, guys. Reach out to Jerry. Tell me he did a great job. Give him some love. And if you're in the Memphis area, squad up and connect with him for JV Deals. All right? Thank you. And one thing that Jerry mentioned was Batch Leads. We use Batch Leads all the time. Batch leads.io make sure you use the coupon code ttp that's the biggest they, they give you a free list of up to five thousand addresses for free with that batch leads.io use the coupon code ttp they love us and if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing it is the ttp program it is the ttp family go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash ttp that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash ttp check out what it's all about if it feels good in your gut sign up for a call and i look forward to working with you personally. And that's it. Until next time, I encourage you as always.
to go out there and talk to people. Love you guys. See you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.